Russia has launched an invasion on Ukraine after months of a military buildup along their border. Taiwan has ordered its consulates in the region to launch an evacuation contingency plan for its nationals in Ukraine. According to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, there are still 33 Taiwan nationals in Ukraine, including nine students. The ministry has strongly urged them to leave the country or at least relocate to western Ukraine, away from the conflict zone. To help students who evacuate Ukraine, a Taiwan university has launched a program to let them pursue their studies uninterrupted. Let's hear from the school. This program lets students from Ukraine study at National Tsinghua University as if they were here on a sister-school exchange. They do not need to pay any tuition or other fees during their education here. We will assist students in choosing courses. We will also arrange suitable faculty to guide them. Under the program, Taiwanese, universe, Taiwanese students from Ukraine can enroll at the school free of charge, participate in research projects, and earn class or internship credits. The school will also try to secure housing arrangements for the students. This week, Taiwan joined the ranks of other countries in condemning Russia's escalating aggression against Ukraine. Taiwan said it may impose economic sanctions on Russia, including a ban on semiconductor exports. In response, China has accused Taiwan of using the Ukraine crisis to elevate its own political agenda internationally. The world is closely watching the conflict in Ukraine. Taiwan has condemned Russia's aggression. In response, China said the DPP is parroting Western rhetoric and using Ukraine to escalate its agenda overseas. Taiwan is an inalienable part of China, and the Taiwan question is purely China's internal affairs. The DPP authority has been playing along with U.S. and Western rhetoric and exploiting the Ukraine issue to maliciously hype the so-called military coercion from the Chinese mainland, behind which hides their evil intention to internationalize the Taiwan question and incite anti-mainland sentiments on the island. The other side of the strait is spreading disinformation, Based on historical facts, international law and the status quo, the Republic of China is a sovereign nation. Taiwan has never been part of the People's Republic of China. China has never and will never interfere in Taiwan's affairs. The Mainland Affairs Council rejected China's claim that cross-strait affairs were a domestic issue. Experts say China is monitoring the U.S. closely to see how it reacts to Russia's invasion, as an invasion could also happen to Taiwan. In Ukraine, there are groups of ethnic Russians who seek to merge with Russia or get mutual recognition from Russia. In Taiwan, generally speaking, everyone as a whole rejects China's threats to Taiwan. This is a very important difference in domestic politics. It shows that the Russia-Ukraine situation is different from the situation in the Taiwan Strait. In addition, Taiwan is extremely important in terms of geostrategic, economic and political significance. In particular, the U.S., Japan and South Korea are very concerned about maintaining peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait. More importantly, the U.S. has the Taiwan Relations Act with Taiwan, but no similar legal documents regarding Ukraine. The DPP lawmaker says he doesn't see a Chinese attack on Taiwan in the near future. He says China will use Ukraine's crisis to raise tensions in the Taiwan Strait and to play up the possibility that Taiwan could be next. He says China may deploy cognitive warfare against Taiwan with the goal of eroding U.S. influence in the Taiwan Strait.
World markets tumbled sharply on Thursday as Russia began its attack on Ukraine. The TIEX fell 461 points, or 1.38 percent, to close just below 17,600. Foreign investors sell sold a net 53.4 billion NT of local shares. That's the fifth greatest capital outflow on record. On Thursday, the head of the stock market rescue fund came out to reassure investors amid the Ukraine crisis. The market's fundamentals are strong, he said, urging traders to maintain confidence. But he signaled that the government may intervene if panic in the market persists. The DPP primaries are starting to heat up ahead of the 2022 local elections. On Wednesday, the DPP moved to regulate the campaign ads cropping up across the nation. Under a new resolution, primary candidates are prohibited from using images of election committee members in promotional materials. These members include Taiwan's president, vice president and premier. Taiwan will hold local elections at the end of the year. Many councillors have already put up campaign ads, and some feature President Tsai Ing-wen. But in its most recent resolution, the DPP Central Standing Committee ruled that candidates will not be allowed to use photos of election committee members in their campaign materials. The race is on in the DPP primaries. It'll be a fierce contest in many parts of Taiwan, and several candidates are courting voters with posters featuring Taiwan's president or VP. It's an approach that sparked controversy. In Pingdong, there are three commissioner hopefuls, all claiming to be backed by the party's top brass. Following the party's latest resolution on campaign posters, candidate Zhou Chunmin was first to take hers down. After a night considering the matter, I decided that starting today, we will take down all campaign ads that feature members of the DPP election committee. We'll take down billboards and banners. I don't want to cause trouble for Tsai, and I don't want to give DPP members cause for concern. I don't think it's very fair to me, because I did actually get the endorsement of the person in question. That's why I promoted my campaign like this. But for the sake of the DPP's success in the coming local elections, I will abide by all the rules from Party Central. To prevent destructive competition within the party, the DPP has announced new rules for primary campaigns. Candidates cannot publicly claim an endorsement from any election committee member, whether it be exclusive or non-exclusive. They cannot use the image of any election committee member in their campaign materials. But the rules are not retroactive, meaning that ads are exempt if they are already up. Candidate Chen Jiaxing, who is eyeing a councillor seat in Taipei, says he will not remove his billboards of him with the president. His decision has sparked an outcry from a campaign rival. He uses images of President Tsai to mislead the public all over the place. Chen's approach to the election is that he won't drop out unless President Tsai asks him not to run in the election. What does his campaign even have to do with the president anyway? Some people have already put up more than one. 100 banners. They've spent millions putting up campaign ads. I think that the rule is a good start, because what matters is who you are, not who you're standing with in the ads. It doesn't make a difference for me at all. I'm in favor of the new rules. The DPP has held primaries for so many years. We have a system in place, and party members are familiar with the procedures. The primaries are held and hosted by Party Central, and we all follow the relevant regulations. I also hope that the candidates will engage in constructive competition with each other so that we pick the best candidate. With things heating up before the primary, the DPP has put rules in place to ensure fair competition. 
Ready, Set, Walk. The 2022 Color Walk will be held at the Dajia Riverside Park on May 7th. This annual walking event is designed specifically for seniors. It's named after all the possibilities for hair color in old age. White, gray, silver, black, or dyed in any shade of the rainbow. But no matter their hair color, walkers can expect to get a youthful glow from a fun day out in the sun. Sign-ups are open till March 15. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. The Color Walk is now in its ninth year. At a press conference promoting the event, Milton Jin, the father of SHE's Selena, demonstrates three of his favorite warm-up exercises. Even at 71 years old, Zhen still maintains an active lifestyle. He encourages other older adults to do the same. If you keep your mentality young, you don't truly get older, even if you look older. Always have a fresh perspective, learn new things, and you will become young at heart. This January, Taipei officially became Taiwan's first super-age municipality. One out of five of its residents is now over 65 years old. At the event, a fitness coach shared some safe and effective exercises for older adults to do at home. In everyday life, you can do strength training at home to tone your upper and lower body. While you're strengthening the lower body, you're also improving your cardiopulmonary function. You can do simple steps at home and raise your knees. The color walk will be held at Taipei City Dajia Riverside Park. The annual event is organized by the Hongdao Welfare Foundation. Every year, we assist nearly 2,300 seniors with coming out and participating. These include seniors at welfare organizations. We also have volunteers who help them come out for a walk. People may think that 65-year-olds aren't able to do much. But there are people in their 90s and hundreds who participate in this activity. The five-kilometer walk will take place on May 7th. Sign-ups are open until March 15th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Tenshin Han in Taipei. The CCC reported seven local COVID cases on Thursday as it laid out plans for a gradual return to normal life. Starting March 1st, the mask mandate will be eased so that people can pull down their masks to exercise, pose for photos, and report news. Taiwan will also scrap mandatory rapid testing for travel to the outlying islands. In addition, eating and drinking will once again be allowed on public transport. The CCC will relax its COVID rules starting March 1st. Eating and drinking will be allowed once again on public transport, including the TRA, the high-speed rail, intercity coach buses, ferries, and domestic flights. In addition, at ports and airports, rapid testing will no longer be mandatory for services to the outlying islands. With the epidemic abating, the CECC will ease a range of COVID rules starting March 1st, including its mask mandate. In general, the rules will revert to what they were on January 8th. As you may remember, we made mask rules stricter on January 9th. So now we're returning to the rules on January 8th. Starting March 1st, masks can come off for exercising, taking photos, live streaming, filming videos, hosting, reporting, giving speeches, public speaking, teaching, and so on. 
there are two other points I would like to stress. Since we're still seeing cluster infections that arose from shared meals and karaoke sessions, we will not lift the mask mandate for karaoke in March. There's another matter that we haven't listed out specifically. If you're driving alone inside your vehicle, or if all passengers are part of your household, we see that as an extension of being with your family. So face masks are not necessary in these cases. The CECC will also partially lift a ban on hospital visits. Starting March 1st, the rules will change based on the different local situations. In Taipei, New Taipei, Taoyuan and Kaohsiung, visits will still only be allowed in exceptional circumstances. But outside of these four special municipalities, visits can resume on a conditional basis. We want to point out that the rules will change with regard to rapid test exemptions. Previously, visitors were exempted from rapid tests if they had received two COVID vaccine doses at least 14 days before the visit. Now, the rules will become stricter. Visitors will need to have been boosted for at least 14 days. The CECC says that moving forward, COVID regulations will be reviewed on a monthly basis and the current epidemic alert system will no longer be in use. The CECC has announced a shortened quarantine for international arrivals. Starting March 7th, arrivals will need to quarantine for 10 days instead of 14. Let's hear from the CECC. Ten days, scientifically, and from our experience and other countries' experiences with quarantine, ten days is a safe range. We've detected 99.04% of infected arrivals in that period. Cases that were not detected during that period had very high CT values and posed a very low risk of infection. Starting March 7th, the quarantine period will be shortened to 10 days for arrivals to Taiwan. Travelers can choose to quarantine at home, one to a room, or at a quarantine hotel. Also in March, Taiwan will ease its border controls for business travelers. Non-resident foreign nationals can apply to enter for commercial visits, investment purposes, and other business activities like taking up a job. Business travelers from China, Hong Kong, and Macau will only be allowed to enter to fulfill business contracts and to work for international firms. The costs of keeping a pet are going up. Inflation and bottlenecks at ports are pushing up prices across the board. And the ferals of pet ownership are no exception. From food to grooming and kennels, a furry companion is pricier than ever. Some dog owners may find their monthly budget swollen by $680. Dogs follow their owner around the house. They're enough to melt the hardest heart. But pet food costs are rising almost as much as human takeaways. Inflation and the bottlenecks in shipping have taken a toll on retailers who have had to raise prices. Fresh food and ingredients for pet food have gone up. The hikes are most obvious for beef products. This bag is 25 NT more than it used to be, a 40% rise. This salmon flavor is up 20 NT as well, a 30% rise. One bag of dry pet food can last for three weeks. This one is 15% dearer than it was. These snacks are up 20 NT. Pet grooming sessions have gone up the most dramatically by 50 NT a pop. All told, a dog owner may now shell out 600 NT more each month. It's still just okay. The brand of food my dog has often sells out. 
We get through one bag a month, so I will feel it if the price goes up 200 to 300 NT. I send them to be washed every month, and I might have to bear that price rise, but I have more control over things like snacks. I might feed them a bit less of those. Some owners want to save money, while others are more extravagant. One pet hotel owner told us that this year, most pet owners have continued to stay in Taiwan due to the pandemic. That means they don't need to send their babies to a kennel or pet hotel, spelling disaster for the industry, where there are considerable labor costs to defray. All the materials we buy in have risen in price. Meanwhile, we've grown the staff this year, which means our running costs have risen quite a lot. We have no choice but to raise the cost of many services accordingly. The Taiwanese pet industry is worth more than 30 billion NT annually. However devoted pet owners are, if costs continue to rise, they may have to tighten their purse strings. The 2022 Shiling Residence Tulip Festival is underway. This year, 130,000 tulips from the Netherlands and Japan were imported to Taiwan. The show is themed on fairy tales of four countries, the Netherlands, Denmark, Germany and Japan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. This group of friends snaps a photo with the tulips. The 2022 Shilin Residence Tulip Show is back in action. Total of 130,000 tulips from Japan and the Netherlands are in bloom. This year's tulips are more densely planted, so it feels like a lot of flowers are in one area. It is very beautiful. Maybe the tulips originated from the Netherlands, so they are brighter and bigger than those from Japan. For this year's show, organizers plan four themed exhibitions showcasing fairy tales from the Netherlands, Germany, Denmark and Japan. Installations such as windmills and wooden shoes are set up on the flower fields. We have cooperated with the Netherlands every year. In recent years, we also added Japanese flowers to the exhibition. There are 130,000 tulips. When I came in, the tulips were so beautiful that I thought they were fake. Last year, 440,000 people visited the park. I think that this year, because the Taipei Lantern Festival was held in Shilin, we may be able to beat last year's figure. With the pandemic underway, people might be concerned that the COVID risk is too high. So we also launched an online flower show. You can watch it online, but I recommend everyone to come to the show in person. The 2022 Shilin Residence Tulip Festival will last till February 28th at Shilin Residence Park. Due to the pandemic, the Taipei City government has launched a 720-degree online flower show that people can enjoy from the comfort of their own home. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Tenshin Han in Taipei.